Hello and welcome to Rosehead, the definitive soccer podcast. Me, Joe Forrester, Hannah East and producer Mike with us, of course. And what a week at the Euros it was. Ronaldo breaks records while Germany break Hungarian hearts. Sweden leave Poland bleeding while Spain rain down the pain. And oh, England are through. Hannah, good morning. Yay. How are you? Good morning. I'm all right, thank you. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. It was, it was ever so exciting last night, wasn't it? I mean, we, our WhatsApp group was on fire last oh. night with uh, with messages predicting and kind of shooting ourselves in the foot a few times um, when we we're talking about uh, Hungary and, and goals and saying, oh, what's going to happen here? It was very, very exciting. And again, I said it in the last podcast, this is what the Euros is all about, that unpredictability of what is going to happen. Who knew? It's, it's, do you know what? It was crazy. I confidently said that Group E is the worst group, really boring, Spain and Poland and Slovakia and Sweden, and it was 10 goals in total in those two games. Um, Mike, it was a pretty incredible evening of football, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. And I'm glad that there was actually like permutations because, you know, for England-wise as well, we're always going to take an England angle, guys. Sorry, that's just that's just who we are. <laughs> Obviously. Um, but it was, it was exciting because we were finding out who we were going to play and beat in the next round. So um, we were sort of hoping it was going to be either Germany or, and at one point it genuinely looked like we could play Hungary in the round of 16 um, at Euro (laughs) 2020. It was just madness, but very, very exciting. Well, my mate messaged me because I'm in a group with with all my mates that has been renamed It's Coming Home. (laughs) That's your mum and your dad and your gran. Your, yeah. All your mates. Yeah. All the mates. Yeah. My mates. It's me, my mum, and my auntie. <laughs> it's all my, all my stuffed toys. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and my mate messaged and said, I'll take the Germans. We'll do them. Don't fancy the Hungarians. They look tasty. And you just, you know, when it's just everybody is just fully through the looking glass and they've just lost it. They've completely lost all- yeah, yeah. I was doing it as well. I was doing it as well, just like, oh, the French look average. All you've got to do, yeah, just put an elbow in place <laughs> in the first minute. It's like, what are you talking about? You've lost your mind. But it, so let's just talk about what actually happened last night. So Sweden beat Poland 3-2. Robert Lewandowski got two goals, but it wasn't enough for Poland. He also hit the bar twice in one chance, which is pretty unlucky. Spain, after we labelled them the most boring team in the tournament, put five past Slovakia, who looked, I mean, pretty abject after uh, during the second half in group f which has been the most fun group so far germany drew two with hungary having twice been behind in the game meaning they were going to finish bottom and be out of the tournament portugal and france also drew two all in a game that was packed with penalties and controversy it means portugal just go through in third place france finished top and germany a second in that group what that means for us is germany play England next Tuesday. Hannah, England-Germany is the most terrifying fixture for any England fan, isn't it? <laughs> well, I thought you were going to go and in, in, get involved with the history there, Joe. I, no, I mean, I'm leaving that. From, from watching Germany in this, in this tournament... I mean, I was I thought, oh no, we're going to face Germany. I mean, everyone's got a different opinion about um, who we were going to play um, last night and who, who we think we should play, who would be a good team to play. I really didn't actually want us to play. Uh, I don't want us to play Germany because mm. throughout this tournament, they it seems like they've had a different approach to each match that they've played in. And we don't know um, who's going to turn up, um, what German team are going to turn up against us. And that, that to me, is terrifying, mm. um, in my opinion. I don't know about yourself. Yeah, I... I... 
I don't know. If it's the Germany that beat Portugal, I think we'll lose. If it's the Germany that drew with Hungary, I think we'll beat them comfortably. I've got absolutely no idea what to expect here. I do think, I don't know what you think, Mike, I think it's a better draw than France, to be honest, because actually France yesterday were really cruising in second gear. Didn't feel like they were trying. There's moments with Pogba on the ball where he was just looking so good. The moment where he forced a big save out of Rui Patricio when he tipped it onto the post, where he kind of did a little, not even, didn't even roll his foot over it, kind of moved the ball with his studs in in just such a graceful way. And I kind of think when France kick it up a gear, they're going to be really, really hard to beat. Yeah. Whereas Germany look very, very fallible. And actually, Mike, I don't think it's a bad draw for us. No, I mean, it was just so chaotic from Germany yesterday. It's like they knew exactly what they had to do and they just didn't execute whatever game plan they had. We don't know. Um, I mean, the German media after they beat Portugal was very much like, you know, that was a flattering scoreline uh, 4-2, so let's not go overboard. And I think that sort of showed in that in that game. It just was madness. And, um, you know, let's not discredit Hungary because, you know, they got a draw against the, the world champions as well. Um, yeah, and, yeah. you know, they executed their game plan very well. But they're, they're solid and they, they create some good moments. Um, but I just think, as, as you said, Joe, that the Germans can be beaten. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what, what Gareth does next week um, because he could choose to match them up and go, go to a back three because that's what they play. Or we could continue in our approach. Um, but either way, what, whatever he chooses to do, I feel like we've got a pretty good chance against them because they're not the Germany of old. And I think it's really important that we treat them the same as any other team and not give them loads of respect. But they don't have uh, like a stronger team as they've had in previous tournaments. No. But we can't go into that match fearing them, which I think that could be the approach from some of our players. My thoughts would definitely be that I think there's, there's going to be two main things that, that Gareth Southgate is going to look to do. And the first one is you've got to keep the guys on the on the flanks quiet. So... I think Carl Walker is probably quite a good fit to to go against Robin Goosens because he's quick and he's experienced. I think that kind of works. Luke Shaw obviously had a fantastic game, well, in parts against the Czech Republic. That being said, I kind of think maybe Ben Chilwell's a better defender, and if you're trying to keep Serge Gnabry quiet, that might be a good that might be a good option at left back. And Mike, I wonder what your thoughts are because we've talked about Joshua Kimmich before. They're going to surely look to put someone on him because he's by far the best player in that Germany team. Yeah, you need to man-mark him because he, he's just so dangerous. Like, if he's got any sort of space whatsoever, he's going to whip a fantastic ball in or he's going to, you know, come inside and drift into the midfield and create even more danger. So, yeah, it's going to be really tricky. I think he'll go back to two DMs, to be honest, because I think he's risk-averse and he's going to be worried, rightly, to be fair, he's going to be worried about getting overwhelmed by the Germans. I think it might end up being Phillips and Henderson. I know Henderson looked off it, but he's still got all that experience and stuff. Like at the end of the day, Declan Rice hasn't played against world-class players before. So, well, he has in the Premier League, obviously, but he hasn't played Champions League. Like John Henderson's won Premier Leagues, won Champions Leagues, adds the captain. I think it might be him and Phillips. I've got a sneaking suspicion that he might put Mason Mount back in just because he loves him and he's very hardworking. And let's face it, Jack Grealish isn't going to do the dirty work. He's just going to drift around and do the beautiful stuff. I think there's space for that on a football pitch, but I don't think he'll use him. I think it'll still be Kane and Sterling up front, probably. And 
Whether he brings Foden back in, I'm not sure, because obviously he's taken Foden off and he dropped him for the last game. I think he's been excellent. Let's talk also, Hannah, quickly about Cristiano Ronaldo. So he is now the all-time European Championship top goal scorer. And he's now equaled Ali Dyer's record of 109 goals, making him the joint all-time top goal scorer at international level. That's an astonishing achievement. And I think there's an argument to say he's the greatest international player of all time. Yeah, well, that's, I mean, the, the, the guy's unbelievable. He's, he's remarkable. And, and watching him last night when he goes up to take a penalty, and this is this is a difference of, we mentioned uh, about passion before, but watching him before he started that match last night, he looked like he was about to run a 100-meter race. When you see athletes warming up, they are absolutely in a zone, psyched up. He was like that before he started the match, when they were doing the national anthems, as he always is, so professional, so focused. Um, and, and it's mentioned by the, the training team that he's worked with in recent years. People talk about how he kind of turned up as a young lad and he's like, right, I want to be the best in the world. And, and he's got that passion and drive. And when he went to take the penalty last night, the first penalty, it was, we mentioned about Harry uh, Kane, you know, when they kind of lose a bit of that composure and you get so disappointed because you can see that the tournament's taking over their head where Ronaldo just went up so composed he looks so angry and in the zone and and you just don't really see that passion from that many people and that's why he's like so remarkable and that's why he's got these ridiculous stats what I really quite like about him as well is he's just he's got that uh, having watched the last dance last year I can see the parallels between him and Michael Jordan that psychopathic laser focus to be the best and he's just also he's got such little self-awareness there was a moment last night where he tried to do a step over and then played a ball try to think he tried to play it through to Diego Jota terrible pass misplaced pass that was intercepted he turned around to Diego Jota and shouted at him for not getting to the ball and it's like what are you talking about like you've completely like you've lost your mind but what I think is good as well is that Portugal team there was times when they were flapping and maybe losing the ball a little bit and he's talking to everybody the whole time yeah. And going like, no, calm down, right? No, chill out, right? Do this, do that. And before the game, he was kind of like screaming in their faces. And he's he's the heartbeat of that team, I think, yeah. emotionally, as well as, I suppose, technically and talent-wise. Um, and I just think, yeah, absolutely extraordinary. The only other person, obviously, I could think of, Pelé won three World Cups. So, Mike, looking at the draw now, okay, so England have got Germany. On the other side of that draw, Sweden taking on Ukraine, Netherlands, Czech Republic, Wales taking on Denmark, right? That's one side of the draw. The other side of the draw, Italy, Austria, Belgium, Portugal, France, Switzerland, and Croatia, Spain. It's coming home, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I looked at that side of the draw and I just instantly got very excited um, in, in many ways, Joe, because <laughs> it's just unbelievable when, when you think how different it could have been. Um, had we finished first or finished third, like I think we would have got a really difficult draw. So yeah, just just looking at that very quickly, you know, we're, we're obviously we're going to discuss it. Don't want to look too far ahead, but it looks like out of the other side of the draw, it will probably be France. You know, I, I know you like Italy um, to go to the, to go to the semis, but mm. I'm I'm probably looking at France. And then for, from our side, I mean, the toughest test we're going to get is probably Netherlands, and then not great anyway. So. Essentially, what I'm trying to say in a roundabout way is it is coming home, yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing. We've got to beat Germany first. I, looking at that side of the draw, I would go, okay, the toughest team in that side of the draw is Germany. We've yeah. got them first. I mean, I don't know. I, I really don't know about England. I know we keep going back to England, but 
we're in England and we're all England fans. So that's pretty much what we're going to do. I just wonder whether England have got that other gear to go to. And I suppose Joachim Lowe, while he's obviously got his flaws, I think tactically, he's very experienced. He has won a World Cup with this Germany team. And I just worry slightly about whether he might be able to outthink Southgate. I mean, Hannah, how are your confidence levels at the moment? Well, I'm, I'm pretty different to you two. I, I'm, oh. really con- I'm really concerned about uh, facing Germany. I think, you know, as I said, we can't underestimate them, but we, like, we're facing like a nation that I'd say they're probably not completely sure of themselves at the moment. Um, but I, uh, I'm very concerned about facing them because we don't know who's going to turn up. We don't know, you know, they attacked Portugal differently to how they attacked France. We don't know exactly what team is going to be there uh, in Wembley. So, yeah, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm not as optimistic, I don't think, as you two about us beating Germany. See now, neither am I. Yeah, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I'm really, really Debbie Downer over here. Like, I don't think it's going to happen. We're out. It's not coming home. Obviously, I want, I want it to come home, but um, I, I think it's going to be a tough test against Germany for us. Well, I actually messaged some of my friends last night and said, book Monday. Stop pretending you've got loads of friends. Who did you message? <laughs> so, Who did you? Hi, you mum. Know, you know, Colin, <laughs> Gavin. Beep, 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 beep. Uh, what, if you come around my flat it's just a load of balloons with faces drawn on <laughs> in your mirrored wall hi girl <laughs> have a good day at work shut up gavin <laughs> alexa's your best mate well do you know yeah i've told you about my relationship with alexa haven't i i've been speaking to you whilst you've been having a conversation with alexa <laughs> it's happened three times yeah, yeah we have because so we have sort of domestics alexa and i because I try and be polite all the time, but then sometimes she just she just carries on, doesn't she? She's like, I'm reminding you. It's like, thank you for the reminder. She's like, I'm just reminding you. Yes, <laughs> yeah, you've just reminded me. Just a reminder. And it's like, Alexa, shut up. And then afterwards, like five minutes later, it'd be a bit awkward. And I'd be like, Alexa, I'm sorry. <laughs> but you, you have t- switched Alexa off right now, oh, haven't you? <laughs> she did it then. <laughs> God, it's getting the light out of me. <laughs> did you hear what she said? No, I didn't. No. She asked me if Germany's going to beat England. No, I I just said, Alexa, I'm sorry. And she, and she said, don't worry about it. <laughs> is, she that, is she that robotic? No, she's not really. I can't, yeah. Her voice is a bit like that, isn't it? Yeah. Don't be so, don't be so rude, you silly boy. Come on now, <laughs> bedtime. Or back at the bottom. All right, Joe. Like this is a genuine relationship, by the way, if anyone's listening. Yeah, I know. That's, that's what I mean. If only she had a bigger plug port. Um, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> get an electric shock right stop it everybody just just stop it and calm down right <laughs> looking at <laughs> looking at the other side of the draw uh i'm really excited about belgium portugal yes. i don't really know how to call it <clears throat> portugal are a bit weird you look at them they've got like good players bruno fernandez has had a terrible tournament i think so far though i thought renato yeah. sanchez was quality last night and i just football's weird isn't it yeah because i, I was like yes yes Joe, it is. yeah that's why we do a podcast about it but I looked at it and I kind of thought Renato Sanchez I watched him play for Swansea and I thought this bloke's rubbish but then I was watching him play for Portugal and he looks fantastic you can't get him off the ball Mike obviously Bayern Munich bought him didn't they and he didn't really do it in Munich but he's just won the league at Lille do you think he'll move on this summer and we'll see him in a big European league sorry France (laughs) no offence France I'm really not sure I, I, I'm I'm really not sure. It's it's been a really odd career for him, hasn't it? Because I think when you're sort of branded a, a wonder kid and um 
yeah, the World Cup. That's that. That's that's when he sort of turned up, didn't he? As well, um, and people were like, "Well, this guy is is a good, good player." And then the hype that follows you, um, you can never really live down. Like it sort of happened a, a little bit with um, with James Rodriguez in in uh, in twenty fourteen, didn't it? Um, he you know shocked the world and won the Golden Boot, got his move to to Real Madrid, and now he's you know failed at at Everton. Um, just that it's, it's it's just a weird sort of scenario where. You you do like incredible and really well at a tournament, and it's like whoa! Like now I have to do this over thirty eight games. So it'll be interesting to see what what happens. I think he'll be he'll be good at he's good at the French level again, but whether he could step up, I'm, I'm really not sure. But I think for, for for Portugal, he's really important because in previous games they were playing um, a double pivot of William Carvalho and Daniel Pereira, and yeah. it was just wasn't working. Um, so they they switched it up and they played the three with Jamatinho uh, um, as well was in there this time. So it just had a bit more balance, and I think that's that's what they need to do moving forward. Should we quickly talk about speaking of Danilo? Should we quickly talk about Hugo Lloris trying to decapitate him? <laughs> because I mean, it got given as a penalty. I thought it was a penalty and I really, it's, it's opened up quite an interesting debate. Obviously, one of the things I will say is in the BBC studio last night, there were no goalkeepers. And Mike and I have worked very closely with former Watford Brentford goalkeeper Richard Lee, who's a big advocate for the goalkeepers union, the goalkeepers mafia, whatever you want to call it. They really stick up for each other, goalkeepers. But I thought Larice came out, Danilo got to the ball first and Larice essentially smashed his elbow into his face and yeah. Danilo looked in unbelievable pain as you would be when a fully grown professional athlete smashes you in the face at full speed yeah um I thought it was incredibly reckless and definitely a foul and I can't believe that there was any debate from the French players that it wasn't Hannah yeah and and even watching it with uh friends and family everyone kind of did that <gasps> Yeah. surely that needed to be reviewed and that that was absolutely savage and even when you watch the replays I, fa- I felt like even some of the pundits were kind of saying oh I mean you know he's kind of going he is going for the ball and he's trying you know punching the ball away it was the punch then the elbow action that for me was absolutely savage I, I it, yeah it was awful surely because he got taken off at half time to Neo I, I do think this thing with head injuries I actually think I know that they test them on the field and all that kind of thing I actually think you should be taken off. Uh, I think if you get any sort of head injury, you should be taken off and like get a free substitution, whatever. I don't think there's, what's the point in taking that risk? Yeah. And he presumably, I'm imagining this morning, I haven't checked, but he's going to have a fractured jaw or something. So I'm not really sure why he stayed on the pitch and tried to play the rest of a football match after that. Yeah. Because he got subbed at half time. So something must have been up. Um, Mike, what did you think? I thought, I mean, I thought it was a blatant penalty. Yeah, I mean that's just that's just Larice all over, Joe. You know, as a Spurs fan, he just has that rush of blood to the head, and he just does mad stuff. He's meant the thing about goalkeepers is they are all mental to different degrees, and he is just quite a mental one. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I you know, if I was a Spurs fan, um, which I'm glad I'm not, I would just be constantly worried about, about you, Larice, being your keeper because you always know. Something crazy can happen a bit like when we had Jens Lehmann. Yeah, like he was a great shot stopper, but you just knew something crazy was going to happen and you just couldn't rely on him. So I think, yeah, even even though he's been such a big player for France, I think if, if you're looking at it in the latter stages, he's the one that you'd be like, oh, I don't know. 
And when you have when when defenders don't really sort of trust it, the keepers come out and claim stuff like that, and 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 when they end up punching an opposition player in the head, you do worry. So you know, I'm I'm just I'm desperately trying to cling on to some sort of weak point from France because the way the the, the way I look at it is as you very much alluded to, they are literally in you know bottom gear right now, cruising along, got through the group of death, you know, with with relative ease, even even though they drew against Hungary, and I'm like. I'm just waiting for them to just kick it up a few notches and just blow teams away. It's going to happen eventually. I think that's the thing, isn't it? Luis probably is the weak point and something to worry about. I suppose it's a bit like having David Luiz as your centre back. It's a similar sort of, uh, yeah. it's a similar sort of vibe. <laughs> Let's look. Look, we're going to have this for a whole season. Let's just <laughs> just bury the hatchet okay. for Sorry. now, Mike. Okay. okay. <laughs> one thing. One thing I really wanted us to mention here is because we haven't mentioned Scotland. And oh, I really feel like no. we should give credit where credit's due because I, I genuinely thought they did. And then I don't want to sound patronising here, but I thought they did really well. I enjoyed watching them play uh, and I, I actually felt a bit disappointed for them. Yeah, You two totally don't care about this point. You don't even want to talk about it. You're just looking at me and shaking your head like no. we are not interested in talking about the Tartan Army. No, do you know what? Look, guys. Thanks for coming. That's all I'll say. Thanks for coming. And it's been nice to have you. And it was funny when that guy got naked and jumped in the fountain and stuff at Trafalgar Square. Loved all of that stuff. But it is time for you to go home, isn't it? Because it's proper football now. So it's. And I, I tell you what, I will, I will miss the opportunity to talk about Papa every oh, day. Oh, Papa Duncan, you'll be so sad. Hey. He's still crying at home, I think, to be honest. Hey. He can. Do you know what? Papa, if he wants, and if he knows how, because obviously he's your granddad. 84. He's 84. Is yeah. he capable of leaving a voice note? Uh, I mean, we won't understand it at all, um, but I, I could certainly try. Let's get um, him on. Should, do you want me to... I, my parents are going to see him this weekend. We can get some sort of audio recording. I mean, he'll send you an invoice for his time, uh, but we could, we, could, we could arrange it and then you can listen to how passionate he is about Scotland. Hopefully he wouldn't be putting a, a kilt on and doing the worm up and down the tube without any pants on because that would be really concerning for me i would just like to yeah i'd just like to hear his thoughts on the tournament so far who he thinks is going to win it i just kind of want to hear a bit of papa's punditry okay papa's punditry <laughs> a lovely, lovely bit of alliteration there joe papa's punditry I'll, I'll make it happen can i just say also for our listeners in the u.s strap yourselves in because we're not going to understand it so you guys yeah. <laughs> but today's or yesterday's games i should say at euro 2020 saw a total of 18 goals scored which is the most on a single day in the history of the competition. Hannah, I think it's been such a good tournament. Apart from maybe one or two games, it's been a cracking tournament so far. Yeah, and you can gauge that by um, the goals that we've seen. There's been highs, there's been lows. Um, but every single match I've watched, um, and I've probably watched 95% of the matches, every, every match I've thought, oh, I can't get up to get a drink yet. I need to just wait five more minutes, five more minutes. And last night I was kind of sat there thinking, right, I need to, I'm going to go and get something to eat. And I just waited till the end of the uh, both matches because you just couldn't call it last night. And um, I, I've, I've really, really enjoyed it so far. I just feel like there's things happening all the time. The teams are really hungry. Not using any uh, puns there because I wanted hungry to do well. Um, but all, all the teams are very hungry and striving uh, to get through to the the, to the final 16. So I've, I've loved it so far. You're so right, actually, because the Denmark-Russia game, that goal mouth scramble with the double save from the Russian keeper and where it ended in a goal eventually, I was out of the room and came running back in. <laughs> 
and that's like that's when you know you're into a tournament when you're just sort of in your pajamas running through the flat. It's like I'm an adult man. I should have other things to care about. You've been with Alexa in your bedroom and you're like, oh my God, what's going on? What's happening? Alexa, stop it. Tangled up in the wires. <laughs> but Mike, it's been a pretty brilliant tournament so far, isn't it? Yeah, and do you know what it is about the, uh, the, the final days of the groups is that there's matches happening at once and we were deprived of this like during, during the COVID Premier League season because all the mm. matches were, were staggered. And it wasn't until literally the final day of the season where we had 10 games at once and it was absolute carnage. Even though there weren't many permutations, it was it was just a race for the top four. It was like matches going on at once. There's something to behold there from a, from a football fan's point of view because it's like, what's going to happen? Who's going to score? I need to watch two games. I need 10 screens. You know, so that's where the excitement comes from. And then now, you know, the group stage are over. Um, you know they're pretty irrelevant in, in in terms of form and you know how teams have played. You can't really judge it too much on that. Like as I said, France have been at a canter, Germany have been a bit chaotic, but now is when it really steps up a gear. And now is when we need to see the the real can the real England please stand up because we need to fix up. As then, as Hannah says, you know we can't underestimate the Germans. What? Why is it got all hip hop all of a sudden? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> And I still stand by what I said in the last podcast about Harry Kane. Like, it really irritated me again. Um, I just want to see him playing in and around the six-yard box. I don't want to see him moving away from there. Um, and equally, it's frustrating to hear when people are saying he looks tired. We've said presumably he's going to start against Germany, but I just don't want him to be aiming for assists all the time. He just needs to be in the box to score goals. The ball needs to be fed to him. Um, and I just it was just really frustrated me watching um Harry Kane the other night because he's such an unbelievable player. Uh that that's my one of my concerns against Germany. I know we've gone back again to that. See, that's interesting though, isn't it? Because I as a Tottenham fan feel the opposite way. I right. because I watched him this season playing admittedly surrounded by very limited players. He was doing so him coming deep fills me with a sense of release. Relief. Sorry. What? Release. I mean, <laughs> oh my goodness. We're learning oh. a lot about you today, Joe. Oh, yeah, but that's plain that's plain for Spurs though. This is different. We've got a different setup in an England team. Yeah. So in Spurs, that's great. He's got Son, he can feed, you know, they can pass the ball to each other. Son can feed it to Harry Kane. They've got a system. But it's different when it comes to stop putting a pretend spoon up against your mouth, Joe, <laughs> while we're talking. He can feed him. He can feed him his breakfast. Harry, no, but I Harry, he can eat Cheerios. <laughs> <laughs> but it really stresses me out that Harry Kane is going so far. He needs to just be in that six-yard box for me. When he's playing for England, we're not talking about him playing against Spurs, but playing for Spurs. It's um, this is a different, this is different league altogether. One thing we don't know who's going to win the tournament yet, but we do know who's won one competition already because Mike brought to our attention a vote that's happened this week, Hannah. Yeah. About the sexiest managers. Right. Mm. I'm going to stick a bit of sexy music under this, actually. Okay. It's time for sexy managers. Oh. Jackie Moon, Love Me Sexy, that song. Oh, what's Jackie Moon? It's just song from the 50s. It is. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a song that I, I sent it to you both the other day. That's a Jackie song we should Moon. play. Yeah. Have you heard that Jackie Moon? I've got <laughs> it's not the sexiest name. 
on that yeah. VD player. Alexa, yeah. play Jackie Moon, love me sexy. She sounds like she works behind the bar at the social club. <laughs> <laughs> and she has no teeth. Uh, Jackie Moon. So, Mike, you, you brought this to our attention, the sexiest managers. Roberto Mancini came out on top. I think we can all agree Ooh. with that. Yeah. The guy looks like a D&G model on the touchline. Yeah. Absolutely bossing it. Lewis Enrique second. Mike also sent us, it's quite weird actually what's going on in our WhatsApp group, sent us a photo of Lewis Enrique with his top off the other day. Yeah. I thought he looked great. Yeah. Ripped. Then who for you after that, Hannah, would you go for? Would it be Gareth Southgate? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen, no, it wouldn't be for me. No, um, I don't really know, to be honest. Um, I'd take Mancini first. Um, it's got to be, isn't it? it's Martinez, got to be. yeah, I mean. Martinez is a, is, a, is a nice looking man. He is, and he's got nice skin. And I really like his eyebrows, if that's a thing to point out on a podcast about football. Um, you know, the. It's the only hair he's got on his head, I think. Well, it is, yeah. <laughs> he's got eyebrows a bit like, you know, in Sesame Street. You know the big blue bird that's a teacher <laughs> and wears like the, the mortarboard. He's got eyebrows like that. <laughs> if that's a reference that everyone's got, Google it. Um, but Mike Gareth Southgate third is I. I would say I would say that's a controversial pick because this is official, yes, isn't extremely. it, Joe? What you're reading out here, this is actually official because you told me to maybe say Gareth Southgate, but this is genuine. He came up third on this poll. Yeah, yeah. This is yeah. yeah. This is the official. Yeah. UEFA list, no, it's not the UEFA list of sexiest <laughs> managers, it's the official list of sexiest managers. Also, Didier Deschamps, right, came 11th. I think Didier Deschamps is struggling. He looks a bit like a go-go. Do you remember go-go's, Hannah? Do you remember go-go? <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is a podcast for people <laughs> born in the late 80s now. God, they want to talk- hear nothing about football. <laughs> yeah. You want to talk about pogs? Let's talk about pogs, kids. <laughs> but Steve Clark came bottom. I think that's unfair. I mean, yes, Poor he looks Steve. like he's had a tough life, but yeah. I don't think he's a bad look. He was probably quite a good looking man 30 years ago, but he yeah. just looks like life's got him down a bit. Yeah, post puberty, it's just not really happened hey. for him. <laughs> hey, post puberty, he had to go and work at the docks when he was 14. He's like, all right, that's not good, is it? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> that was terrible. <laughs> But there you go. If you've got any thoughts on the sexiest manager, it's at Rose Ed Pod on Twitter or at Rose Ed Soccer. No, it's at Rose Ed Soccer on Twitter. Or it's at Rose Ed Pod on Instagram. But speaking of sexy managers, mm-hmm. it's now time for Sean Dyche's Poetry Corner. Southgate has a nose the size of a boat. When is he going to whip out his amazing waistcoat? Roberto Mancini with his soft, smooth skin. With his beautiful flowing locks, I mean, where do I begin? Luis Enrique looks rather dishy. But I've heard on the grapevine, his breath is quite fishy. I am sexier than that German manager who does a scratch and sniff, if you've seen it. I bet when he sniffs his fingers, he gets a really, really bad whiff. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Sean. (laughs) Cheers, Sean. Did did the 
<laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Even rhyme that Sean gave us. That's... Yeah, I am sexier than the German manager who does a scratch and sniff. I bet when he sniffs his fingers, he gets a really bad whiff. Sorry, forgive me, because I'm I'm not educated when it comes to poetry, and Sean yeah. is a poet. So. Sean does classes for this, Joe. Does he? <laughs> he, le- he learns poetry, yes. So I, I really, really appreciate Sean's input for our podcast. Yeah, fantastic. Thank you, Sean. And it's nice because <laughs> he's got a bit of downtime before pre-season starts, and it's yeah, really yeah. nice that he would have the time and the inclination to do it. We don't pay him to do it. No, no. no he, he just sends in these amazing audio clips. Yeah, um, extraordinary. extraordinary. Sorry for my laughing halfway through. Yeah. Yeah, don't laugh at Sean because he's trying. <laughs> so he's trying really hard. So I mean, that's probably the worst, worst poem I've ever heard in my life. But, you know, he's done well. I like it. I think, right, at some point as a competition prize, we can give away a framed copy of one of Sean's poems. Yeah. I think that would, I would, I would want that on the wall in my flat with the mirrors and the leather chairs and all that stuff. <laughs> i tell you what I want is uh, Sean Dyche to come on uh, our podcast. That yeah, would make cool. my day. Let's get him in the studio. Yeah. Absolutely. We can sit him in your bedroom next to you. <laughs> I mean, it would, be, it would be amazing. I love him. When the Premier League season starts, let's make it happen. Definitely. That's the goal. That's the goal. Right, speaking of competitions as well, if you want to get a word into Sean Dyche's Poetry Corner, all you need to do is send us a photograph of yourself. Keep it clean. Keep it clean in your football attire for the Rosehead fans calendar. It's Rosehead Pod on Instagram or it's at Rosehead Soccer on Twitter. Right, that's it from us. We will be back on Monday. We'll be catching up on the first two, first four last 16 games I should say. Thank you very much, Hannah. Thank you. And thank you very much, Mike. Cheers. We will see you next time. Bye. Bye.